0: Full send with the driver? Check. Piercing iron through the wind? Check. Low checker, high spinner, flop to a tight pin? Check, check, and check. No matter what shot you need to pull off, there's one ball that's better for them
1: all. The all-new TP5 and 5X from TaylorMade. With a newly redesigned dimple pattern, engineered for more distance, more control around the green, and better stability in the wind, it's the hottest tour ball in golf. So no matter what shot you face, there's one ball that's better for all. The TP5 and 5X from TaylorMade.
2: Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. You can get a free trial of Audible by going to Audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. And when you're there, you know, check out the audiobooks, but also check out all the other content that's available to you. Over the years, the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast has gained recognition as a great resource for sales professionals, small business owners, business leaders. We are fortunate to be included on lists of the best podcasts to listen to for a variety of reasons on a variety of sites. And this is really uh, due to the guests. These are folks who have expertise in particular areas of business, and they join me for a conversation where they share that expertise with all of you. Today is no different. My guest today is Charles Reed. Charles is a certified public accountant, US tax court practitioner, member of the Internal Revenue Service Advisory Council and the founder of Get Payroll. Mr. Reed's companies have provided full service payroll services, payroll tax services and other payroll related services since 1991. Charles has over 50 years of financial leadership experience in a broad range of industries and is the author of four books, the newest one being The Payroll Book, A Guide for Small Businesses and Startups. Thanks so much for joining me today, Charles.
0: My pleasure, Diane.
2: So, um, you know, taxes, it's a thing people don't like to talk about, they don't like to deal with. And yet so very important to staying out of jail. Absolutely. (laughs) And it sounds like your new book is that, you know, perfect for uh, small business owners Um, But I I really want to talk about payroll taxes because I'm not sure a lot of small business owners understand them. So uh, who pays them? Let's start with just the basics. So who's responsible for paying them and how does that go?
0: Well, the employer pays them all in. Okay. okay. He, co- he collects taxes from the employees, their withholding, and their share of FICA, which is uh, Social Security and Medicare taxes. The individual pays 7.65% on the first roughly $140,000, that changes every year, of their income. And then if they make over $200,000, they pay an additional surcharge for Medicare. But basically, most of us pay 7.65% out of our check. Plus, we pay our federal income tax withholding, which can vary from nothing to maybe as much as 30% of our salary, depending on exactly what we make and where we're at. Then we may pay, in addition, state taxes, which will be state uh, income taxes that are withheld. And then In some states, you're paying in a little extra for uh, time off for family medical leave type things okay?
1: okay. Uh,
0: and disability. But that's that's not in every state. Every state, all but seven have federal income tax or state income tax withholding. Now, the employer then also pays matching FICA, an additional 7.65% on every dollar that's withheld from the employer for FICA, the employer matches that. This all goes to the federal government on a regular basis. It can be as soon as the day after payroll, it may be a few days later, it may be next month, but the employer is responsible for making all those deposits and making all the reports. Failure to do so is very expensive penalty for a deposit that is actually exactly one second late is two percent of the deposit okay so the interest rate on late deposits the penalty as such or, or the interest rate as such is very expensive so you need to make all those deposits on time then the employer also has to pay in every state unemployment tax and that is the tax the employer pays for what's called unemployment insurance. So if you're laid off, or your job goes away, uh, or you're fired, you go down as an employee, as an ex-employee, and draw unemployment. That's been extremely important and a lot of money spent this year, particularly with the COVID problems. Now, the employer has to pay that. That never comes out of the employee's check. It goes to the employee as benefits, but it's paid 100% by the employer. Uh, And that goes up depending upon how many people draw unemployment that were your employees. The more people that draw unemployment and the more benefits they draw, the higher your rate. And your rate is calculated based on per $100 of salary up to a limit, and the limit varies in every state from nine to around $30,000. You pay a percentage, uh, you pay a base percentage, and then you that rate is changed based on your employer experience. So those are the basic things. Now, payroll the, the payroll system pays in 75% of all the revenue, the IRS collects for the federal government. 75% flows through payroll. That's how important it is.
2: Wow. Wow. (laughs) I didn't realize
0: that. That's crazy. It's crazy. But 75% of all federal revenue flows through payroll as employment tax. There's also a federal unemployment tax, which is a small thing. Uh, and FICA and uh, withholding. That's 75% of the U.S. revenue right there.
2: Wow. So they're pretty serious about that, you know, why they they stay on it like that. Okay. Now, how is it that small businesses get in trouble when when it comes to (laughs) (laughs) payroll taxes? Because Boy, you know, you see these filings, like there's, there's magazines where they will post who's got liens on them and why, and I'm always amazed at how many of them, it's because of payroll taxes.
0: It's, it's a huge thing. There's huge departments of the IRS that do nothing but track that down and, and penalize and so on. Um, a lot of small businessmen say, well, I'll just pay people cash or I'll treat them as independent contractors and not have to withhold any taxes. Well, that's not a choice you get to make. The determination of whether they're an employee or an independent contractor is based on facts and what's really happening, and it's not a choice. Mm. And the US Department of Labor estimates that 70% of businesses misclassify employees, either as independent contractors versus employees or exempt or non-exempt from overtime. 70% of US businesses. Why is that? Well, most businesses think it is better for them not to pay employees, but to pay independent contractors because it makes life easier you don't have the withholding, you don't have the deposits, you don't have the filings, you don't have the penalties for late deposits, all those things that, that go into having to withhold and pay for an employee, including paying state unemployment taxes and federal unemployment taxes. Mm-hmm. You don't do that for independent contractors. So a lot of small businesses think, well, it, I'll just make them independent contractors and I'll avoid all this. Well, if they're really employees technically under the law, then all that money you didn't pay in when the IRS and the state comes calling, you're going to have to pay in and try and collect it from the employee and sue them for it, plus penalties and interest for not paying. And those sums can be huge. I have seen uh, penalties and interest uh, flow into the six figures for a small business. Wow. They were in California, an employee, an ex-worker who was classified as an independent contractor went dialed and filed for unemployment. And the unemployment department said, well, we don't have any record that you work for these people or taxes, unemployment taxes were paid. And the guy says, I was an employee. So they sent out an auditor (laughs) and they agreed. Not only was that guy an employee, but a whole bunch of other people were too. And when the auditor got done, the business was almost sunk. They actually had to set up a payment plan to pay it out over several years to be able to stay in business. Now, the state wanted to stay in business, so worked with them, but they wanted their money. And, of course, they immediately notified the IRS, who sent out their own auditor. (laughs) 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 So uh, he was because he thought he could get away with calling them independent wow. contractors. And it only takes one ex-worker to go yeah. file for unemployment to unwind that whole scenario. One person who's upset or just out of work or wants yeah. their unemployment, that one person goes, makes a claim and everything unwinds, boom. So you have to trust these people that you're, cheating out of their unemployment, All right, not, not to complain, <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> That's just silly on its face.
0: So. And then, and then <laughs> the auditors, the state auditors will come out and, and, and look at your records anyway. And it's not a matter of if they will come out, mm. but when, because they will audit your business. If you are in business in that state at some point in time. It may be three, four, five, six years, but at some point you're gonna get the notice that they want copies of your records and they're gonna come out and audit them. And if you're not obeying the law, you're just dead meat.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, then I think I better ask you to describe the difference between an independent contractor and an employee.
0: Okay, there are, it, it's, I, it would be nice to say this is it, but yeah. Yeah. there's 20 common law rules that, that apply currently. The DOL has issued a new set of rules that they want to impose. With the change in administration, I don't know what's going to happen with those rules. But yeah. it basically comes down to control. Do you control what that person does? Are they allowed to substitute somebody else? Are they allowed to do it whenever they choose? For instance, if you hire a CPA to do a tax return, if he has somebody in the back office do it and he signs his name to it, that's his business. If he wants to do it at two in the morning, that's his business. Okay. Yeah. If it takes him, if he says, I'm going to do it for hundred dollars and it takes him $400 worth of time to do it, he loses money. He doesn't get to come back right. to you and say more money. Well, he may, but you don't have yeah. to pay him. But yeah. <laughs> the, the point is he takes the risk of loss. He also is in control of his own business. Those are the main things that, that really control whether an independent contractor so if you have somebody that comes into the office and works in that office, and you expect him in at 8, and you tell him he can leave at 5, and lunches from 12 to 1230, and I'm going to pay you $500 a week, uh, cool. whether you do the job or not, because if you don't do it, I'll fire you. But in the meantime, I'll pay you $500 bucks a week. He's an employee. If you have somebody that says, I need this work done, you go get it done however you get it done, whenever you get it done. Uh, at whatever cost it takes to you. And I'm only going to give you 500 bucks. That's an independent contractor. So there's 20 common law rules. You can find them on the IRS website uh, under independent contractor or under common law. And those are the things in the preponderance of those controls. So what happens is if you get into an argument, and I have with the the state and the federal government at times, you take those and a judge decides what's the preponderance. We had a case here where people were doing um, teleprompters. It was a teleprompting service. And he paid everybody as an independent contractor because they did the job or they had one of their people do the job. Uh, they may have had equipment, they may rent equipment from him. They're free to turn down the jobs as they want or take them and he, they get a set amount whether it costs them less or more, whether they make money or not, they get a set amount for doing that job. He said they were independent contractors. The state came in and said, no, they're employees. So I represented him and I argued at the various levels and it finally went up to the state unemployment commission, the the three guys that are appointed to oversee the whole thing. And we had what's called a rule 13 hearing. And when we got done, they agreed with me. They were independent contractors. Hmm. And so my client was very happy, but the whole process was so complicated complicated, and devastating to him that the first of the next year, he made them all employees.
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're kidding.
0: No, I'm not. It just made his life easier uh, from the point of <sighs> view of not having to argue with the TWC, the Texas Workforce Commission. Right about it. So he just just said, I give up and made them all employees, but he didn't have to go back and pay penalties and interest.
2: Right, 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 right. Okay. Wow. I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then I have some more questions for you. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken, digital, audio, entertainment, and information. We have thousands of titles to choose from, as well as podcasts, audible originals, guided meditations, and more. One of my favorite audiobooks is Everyone Deserves a Great Manager by Scott Miller. For me, I love being able to listen to it anywhere and across my devices without losing my place. And I think you will too. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth to explore the variety of audiobooks and programs for yourself. So I, I do think, I'm using that example, I think it's a great example, because I do think there are places where it really is confusing. And, and like where the, the federal government has tried to step in and say, okay, if you've got these people working for you, that they're an extension, like subcontractors, then you're responsible for their payroll taxes.
0: Well, they're not subcontractors, they call them employees. No, they'll call them employees and say, you have to pay and collect the taxes. If they're independent contractors, now, the IRS does not like independent contractors. Well, and here's why. The compliance rate on having taxes withheld and reported is 99% because the taxes are already paid. So, you know, you want to get back your refund or pay the little bit you have to. The compliance rates drops to 97% for those that are reported but not withheld. And then, of course, for those that are neither reported nor withheld, the compliance rate drops to 37%. Ooh. So they want all the taxes collected in advance and reported in advance. Now If you're not sure whether you have an independent contractor or an employee, you can fill out an SS-8. It's a form that the IRS has and send it to them and they will make a determination for you whether it's an employee or an independent contractor. But I guarantee you, if there's any ambiguity at all, they're going to be classified as an employee. The problem with that is once the IRS has done that, for you to reverse it is very, very, very difficult. So if you think you're in the right and they are independent contractors, treat them that way, report them that way, be consistent in that way. Don't have two people, one of which who's an independent contractor and one of which is doing the same thing and is an employee. Mm. You lose. Yeah. Right. there are some safe harbors where if you've always treated them as contractors, you had a good reason to treat them as contractors, the people around you treat them as contractors, your competitors treated their workers as contractors, you can get away with it. They may force you to treat them as employees in the future, but you'll avoid penalties and interest on the past. So be consistent however you do it. Don't don't be. Don't be wishy-washy and treat right. some one way and the others the other way, you lose.
2: Right, right, right. Wow. Okay, now, so, so, so you're treating them a certain way and, and there's record keeping that goes along with this, right? <laughs> to, to back up your, whatever you decide to do. So oh, yes. what are those requirements? Well, in, in my book, I go through all
0: of the various Uh, entities that require record keeping, and they are numerous, (laughs) you have to keep rules for the I.R. you have to keep records for the IRS, the Department of Labor, under the Family Medical Leave Act, under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, the Americans with Disability Act, under the Age Discrimination Employment Act of 67, under the Immigration Reform and Control Act, then you have to keep all your direct deposit records and checks and everything to prove what you've done. So my, my response to my questions like that from my clients is keep everything <laughs> forever. Literally take that whole year of all the records, all the details, all the checks, all the direct deposits, all the reports, put them in a box, mark the year on it and stick in the closet. Now, frankly, if you move in 25 years, anything over 25, you can probably throw away. I would hope. <laughs> Technically, they can go back for seven years. However, yeah. if the IRS alleges fraud, there is no statute of limitations. They can go back to ah. day one. So if you've been in business for 30 years, and they allege fraudulent activity on your part, they can go back 30 wow. years and demand records and penalties and payments and interest and everything if they so choose now they don't often do that but they're allowed to oh so keep everything forever It's just yeah
2: right there you go there,
0: right there's, there's my <laughs> advice
2: <laughs> boy I hear a business idea of you know Audit storage company, you know, where everything, if you know, that's where it is. And you just keep getting another bay and another bay. And another,
0: it's, it's for taxes, you can probably do it in a closet or a spare room. Uh, for other records, I mean, we kept, until we, until we uh, did all of our stuff, to optical disc, uh, we used to use a record storage company. Yeah. Payroll records, we'd have, you know, 50 or 100 boxes a year. Oh, my. So we just paid a storage company. I think yeah. we, uh, we got rid of them finally this year. The last uh, seven-year-old one, we, we went ahead and, and deleted. Wow. But my personal taxes and my income taxes that I file, yeah. I, I'm
2: going back 30 years. Wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So is it possible to avoid an audit? Okay, remember,
0: an audit doesn't mean you owe. It okay. means you've been selected.
2: Okay. <laughs> Congratulations.
0: Well, I understand. <laughs> but just when you get that audit notice, yeah. it doesn't mean you owe money. Okay. And there is no way to avoid some audits because some audits are simply random. Huh. And they do that because they want to check people that they're not looking at. Okay, you've got millions of taxpayers. Yeah. There's a new scheme, a new way, a new method of avoiding taxes. The only way the IRS, because they are so insular, finds out about it is auditing people and going, where the hell did this come from? Hmm. Well, what are you? What, what's going on here? And then they find things which they then disseminate to everybody or change forms. For instance, you may have noticed on last year's income tax return they asked for the first time did you buy or sell any cryptocurrency yeah because there's some problems in that area of people reporting the gains and losses because the irs under law treats that as an investment. So you have short-term and long-term capital gains from buying and selling cryptocurrency. A lot of people in that industry don't agree with that concept. And so don't report it and don't give their clients the capabilities to get that information and to report it annually. But the IRS has taken the position that these are investments and need they're taxable or a loss. So you need to report them. That's why they've changed the form to start collecting that information. And that's going to get stricter and stricter because they see it as a real problem. This is part of what we do on the IRS Advisory Council is we advise the IRS on things that are going on in the industry, in the world, because they are insular. They live in their own little bubble and they're not out there in business and they're not out there, you know, buying and selling and hiring people and, and, and firing people, you know, the government doesn't fire. Right. Right. Them. So, uh, you know, all those things in business and competition and so on, they don't see because that's not what they do. So they have us come in five times a year. Uh, it's a three-year term. Uh, this was my last year and talk to them about things that are going on and suggest areas that they may want to look at or change or new forms or change forms and to keep up with uh, technology and changes and uh, new tax scams and uh, tax avoidance schemes and so on that crop up every year. Uh, That's what they use us for, is to help them uh, enhance tax collection. Uh, Wow. And properly so. I mean, you know, we're not out there to to, to turn people right. in or anything right. like that. That's right. that's not the point. Yeah. The point is, and in many cases, it's it's problems that we say, hey, we don't have guidance here. Uh, you need to write better rules. Uh, I did up a thing last year on um, this instant whole instant pay, where you can get paid, you know, three times a day or once a day or whatever on demand pay and there's no federal rules governing that. When is it income? When is it taxable? What about year-end? Uh, you know, if payday is the 3rd of January and it would next, be a next year, but you take it out on the 31st, is it taxable in this year or next year? When, you know, what happens wow. if you overpay somebody on a demand pay and they don't earn it? Well, is that still payroll or is that a gift? Uh, there, there's a Ugh. lot of rules that they need because demand pay has become a thing, they need to write that they hadn't written so we gave them a whole bunch of
1: suggestions
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness this is just you know now now uh what about um solopreneurs so they don't have employees like other than themselves
0: ah exactly if they incorporate or they have an LLC that files as an S-corp, they're an employee. They have to take W-2 compensation, withhold taxes and pay them and file Mm -hmm. 941s and W-2s and W-3s and state unemployment and federal unemployment, 940s and everything else, even if it's only them. Now, there's a lot of solo entrepreneurs that say, well, I'll just write myself a check as they would as a sole proprietor. Well, the IRS will come in and recategorize a large portion of those payments as W-2 income, as compensation, and demand the withholding taxes, all the FICA taxes, all the federal withholding, uh, federal employment. And since you didn't pay it on time, there'll be penalties for late yeah. payment, non-payment, plus interest. Could be very okay, expensive. So,
2: yeah, no kidding. And so <laughs> why would a, why would a solopreneur incorporate
0: well from the, the biggest th- I mean. from a from a tax standpoint because as a sole entrepreneur, you only have to take Part of the compensation is W-2. So let's say you make $100,000. You take 50,000 as W-2 compensation and $50,000 as dividend slash distributions. You pay FICA tax only on the W-2 compensation. So you oh. just saved 15.3% of the second $50,000 or just over $7,500 in taxes, you didn't have to pay because now you'll have to pay income tax on it. But if you're a sole proprietor, all that that falls to the bottom of your Schedule C is subject to the 15.3 self-employment. If you incorporate up to half of that income and in our practice, we use, and I've been doing this for years as a CPA doing corporate tax returns before I really concentrated on payroll. We tell our clients, you need to take half of what you take out as compensation. I've never had the IRS come back in and say that's inadequate. The guys that take 10 or 15%, I've had the IRS come back in and recategorize. But at 50%, I've never seen it fail. So if you take half as compensation and the other half as distributions, you only pay the 15.3% on half of the income instead of all of it. Boom. All of a sudden you make a hundred thousand. You just save seventy five hundred bucks. That's worth filing God. a corporate. Re- that's worth the three hundred dollars for your accountant to file the corporate tax return. Right.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, and and the thousand dollars
0: for and the thousand dollars for the payroll company to make sure everything's done right and filed timely and all the reports are filed and keep you absolutely you know safe with the IRS. Yeah. If you use a company like mine, you have a CPA and a court, US tax court practitioner on staff that when the IRS makes a mistake and they make millions of them, you got somebody to sort it out and fix it. Exactly. Because the IRS makes wow. <laughs> millions millions of mistakes.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> this is this is exactly why um, small business owners should not be doing their own taxes.
0: Right? I, I, they uh, okay. no, they shouldn't do their own taxes. And yeah. They shouldn't do their own payroll. Uh, those things yeah. are cheap to outsource, and you're getting a professional. Uh, you know, if you if you hire me to do. Your payroll in house, you're going to spend well into six figures. Instead, yeah. you get a you get a consummate professional that will do it as part of the price that he's charging you for payroll. It's insurance. When you screw up, when I screw up, when the IRS screws up, when the state screws up, I'm there to fix it, and I can. I, that's, yeah. that's, I'm a specialist at compliance. I'll make it work. I, I will see to it if everything's done right. And when a mistake does happen, yours or the IRS's, we'll fix it. The IRS, right. this, this is very important. The IRS cannot penalize you for a simple mistake. Now they oh. do, and they do all the time because yeah. they define what's a simple mistake. And they say every simple yeah. mistake is gross negligence which the law allows them to penalize you for. So you have to fight that every time. If you're doing your own and you get a penalty notice, you fight it, you fight it over and over and over and over. Now, if you get one for $10, just pay it. Don't. It's not worth the letter. But yeah. <laughs> you get it in for a $5,000 penalty or a $1,000 penalty, start writing letters. There's a whole procedure, it's in the book on, on how to fight a penalty. And it's a whole series of no's followed by a single yes. Because I promise you the first letter you write asking for an abatement of the penalty, they will reject. They will reject in all probability the second one. It's only when you get to the third one or the appeals hearing or the collection due process hearing, do you get a yes, okay? And when you get a yes, you look the guy in the eye and you say, thank you very much. Turn around and get the hell out of there. (laughs) (laughs) Don't keep talking
2: that's so funny uh, <laughs> no when uh, what, what does Dr. Phil say uh, recognize a good time to shut up or something I can't remember exactly what it is Well, that, I, I, that I, right. I, go I go with the gambler song
0: I go with the gambler song no when to hold them no uh, when to fold them and no when to walk yeah. away <laughs> exactly and no when to Quickly. run <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah that's right oh my gosh So Charles, this has really just been so valuable. Will you tell the listeners, um, you know, how they can find out more about Get Payroll and about your book, please?
0: Of course. The book, The Payroll Book, A Guide for Small Business and and Entrepreneurs is available at thepayrollbook.com. It's available on Amazon. It's available at Barnes and Nobles and other fine bookstores around the country. So either Amazon or thepayrollbook.com is where you can buy it. Get Payroll, real simple, GetPayroll.com. Uh, we're out there. We've got lots of, of blogs and postings and articles and advice for small business because that's what we deal with. Uh, we, we don't deal with the JCPennies and the IBMs and the General Motors. We, we deal with mom and pop shops. We deal with dog groomers. We deal with gas stations we deal with restaurants small business small manufacturers small businesses of all kinds are you know 95% of businesses in this country are less than 50 people 75% are less than 20 so that's who we deal with and and getpayroll.com is where you can find us you can if and if you got a question that you don't see an answer to call 972 972- three, five, three, zero, 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 zero. It's the only good thing Verizon ever did for me. Yeah. (laughs) So call me if my, if my people can answer it, they'll send you to me and I'll be glad to talk to you. We, we do this as a, as a public service. Well, I I like to help people. So, you know, feel
2: free. That's so great. Wow. I, I really appreciate it. I, I learned, um, got answers to questions I've had for a while. And I, I just, I really appreciate um, the, like the layman's terms, you know, of all this stuff, because we all know that <laughs> it, it's, you know, nobody likes it, but we got to do it. So absolutely.
0: Diane, yeah. it's been my pleasure.
2: It, it has been great. Thank you. I'm, I'm so glad. And listeners, thank you. You are why we are here. And I'd also like to thank our sponsor. Uh, head on over to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth to get your free trial of audible.com and explore all of the audiobooks and programs uh, that are available to you over there. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day.
1: Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, pip 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 powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line?
2: Uh,
0: the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive.
1: Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The, the name your price, price tool, only from Progressive. <laughs> the owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance go. Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Full send with the driver? Check. Piercing iron through the wind? Check. Low checker, high spinner, flop to a tight pin? Check, check, and check. No matter what shot you need to pull off, there's one ball that's better for them all. The all-new
1: TP5 and 5X from TaylorMade. With a newly redesigned dimple pattern, engineered for more distance, more control around the green, and better stability in the wind, it's the hottest tour ball in golf. So no matter what shot you face, there's one ball that's better for all. The TP5 and 5X from TaylorMade. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway.